hello to you and welcome to Finances Made Friendly. This is the podcast from Glasgow Credit Union designed to help you get the most out of your finances. I'm your host, Heather Sutty, and today I'm delighted to be joined by entrepreneur Emma Thompson, not the actress, as we talk all things side hustles and how to boost your income. Also, we'll hear from Lifestyle Influencer of the Year for 2022, John Robertson, otherwise known as the Everyday Man. He'll tell us how he turned his hobby into a full-time career as a digital creator. We'll also hear from Fergus Muirhead, who's on a mission to debunk some commonly misunderstood financial terms. First, let's meet Emma. Um, Basically, I did a business degree at university because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do when I left school and I thought that would be a kind of good start into mm-hmm. a career. Um, following university, I didn't feel like I was ready to go into an office job right mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. So I bought a franchise of a small business um, in the West End. Sounds like it was a big investment. It really wasn't. It was a thousand pounds a month um, to run the business. Mm-hmm. It was a little food truck. Um, and then for there, I was just interested in other types of small businesses. So I've done my research and set up different sort of side hustles ever since. Brilliant. Why did you decide to do a side hustle rather than go into, you know, the business full time? I think just because I had lots of different ideas. And I do think that the way things are with social media now, it's very easy to set up a platform to advertise Mm -hmm. your business um, if you're doing that. And Originally, the idea came from, I saw my sister and her friends were paying a lot of money um, for certain things from a shop on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, that looks like a good idea. I Mm -hmm. can copy that. Mm -hmm. So I did my research. I found out where, or generally where I thought this shop was getting their supplies from. Mm -hmm. um, And I set up up my own page um, and started basically importing things from different countries and selling them in the UK. So it was really simple. It was just things that people found hard to buy mm-hmm. and just selling them one for a profit. And that's Amazing. kind of how it started. Amazing. So when did you start being interested in side hustles? Like how many years ago? Oh, um, probably about maybe eight or nine years wow. ago now. So you've been doing it for a long time? Yeah, I have. There's a buzz when you're doing a side hustle, isn't there? What's been the biggest benefit? Aside from the additional income element, I think probably just you learn so much. I think you do make lots of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because you're experimenting, so it might be that you're buying stock for a shop. It might be that you've decided to post, you know, an advert um, mm-hmm. on your social media page. You can see how people respond to it, how mm-hmm. they react to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think you also learn a lot about what people want from consumers, mm-hmm. um, the way people give you feedback mm-hmm. on your products or the way people expect a certain service to be I just think I've learned a lot about different businesses from trying them and making mistakes well that's the thing isn't it you learn when you make mistakes you know failing is great because it teaches you the right way to do things and I suppose as well because social media is so data driven it means if you understand how to analyze the the analytics then you can make informed decisions definitely in terms of the different types of side hustles that you set up, give us an overview of, of some of them. Um, okay, my main one um, is uh, an Instagram shop, basically. Um, there was lots of different things. Again, the idea for this came from my sister and her friends paying very overinflated prices, in my opinion, for things that you could get for less. Um, so the Instagram shop was things just like fashion accessories mm-hmm. um, and 
then it kind of ended up being clothes and shoes and handbags and so on just things that I wanted to buy for myself um and it sort of snowballed mm-hmm. I guess um the other main sort of businesses that I have um I saved up my money <laughs> and bought a, a second property um so I wanted to get into property investment mm-hmm. um I also learned a lot <laughs> about cryptocurrency and nfts and things like that invested money into that and then we had the crypto crash <laughs> which was great so I've definitely learned a lot um, about that since then um, and most recently I've set up the TikTok account mm-hmm. um, the overnight investors account to basically advise other people on how to to set up businesses and sell online so that's my main main business at the minute awesome but how do you actually have time for a full-time job <laughs> Honestly, I think because it feels more like a hobby, uh-huh. I think now that I'm at the stage where I can help other people to do it, mm-hmm. I really, really enjoy helping people that don't have money to start with to put into business. Because mm-hmm. I think you can say, oh, you can invest in crypto, you can invest in property. I mean, that's easy for me to say. Mm-hmm. But for other people that think, okay, I need to set up a business because I don't have the money. Yes. There are lots of different ways, um, especially things like drop shipping, where you actually don't have to invest sometimes any money to begin with before you start a business. And that's what I like helping people to, to realise and access. This is fascinating. Right. How has your side hustle helped you succeed in other areas of your life? Oh, Would that's a good question. I think it's probably given me more confidence mm-hmm. in business. I feel like it's a good thing to talk about even in, you know, an interview scenario, for yes. example. Um, I did recently get a new job and I think, you know, you get imposter syndrome and you think, oh, you know, can I do this? But actually, rather than just talking about a nine to five, I can say, you know, I'm not sitting at home watching television in the evenings. Uh-huh. I'm researching different types of businesses and reaching out to different sorts of people. I'm learning about marketing and shipment products, things like that. Um yeah, so I think overall it's just giving me a lot of confidence, which is nice. I would agree with that. I also think as well, a side hustle enables you to become more creative. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I do in my spare time is I sell vintage clothing um, and I host pop-up events and I have an eBay shop. Mm-hmm. And I love doing that because it's fashion, it's sparkly, it's sequins, it's vintage clothing. It's, you know, I can faff about on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But because it's not my main source of income, any money that I generate is like an added bonus. So I get joy from that Mm -hmm. in terms of setting up a side hustle like what would you advise is like the first three main steps oh okay I think number one (laughs) which I've definitely learned from is to do your research Mm -hmm. um really have a think about what you want to do before you get started so that you know who your target audience is going to be maybe what you want to sell and why you're doing it I think secondly have a plan on keeping note of your business activities. Mm -hmm. I did, again, learn the hard way that when it comes to (laughs) paying the tax at the end of the year, you need to have all of that information in front of you. And I think the third thing would be is just make sure that you are doing something that you're excited about, find Mm -hmm. something that you enjoy. So like the vintage clothing, Mm -hmm. because then it doesn't get boring and it doesn't feel like work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When it comes to, you know, the finance side of business, what would you advise in terms of the procedures you should have in place? So, for example, you know, do you have an accountant to do your books? Yeah, that's a good question. I did in the past. I had a bookkeeper. Um, when I 
I was going to say take over. I bought the franchise of the business. Mm-hmm. I was only 20 years old at that point. Um, That's very young. Um, And my mum was a little bit panicky about the business side of things, <laughs> advised me to get a bookkeeper, and I'm really glad that she did. Now, I would say just stay organised. There's lots of different bank accounts mm-hmm. that you can get um, where you can kind of separate your money into pots, they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, So I just say... Sorry, I forgot the question. That's okay. That's okay. We'll do it again. No, 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 it's great because I think that's really important. So the question really is, you know, what types of processes should you set in place to manage finances, so income and expenditure? Okay. Um, So I would say the main thing is to have your money separate in your bank account. Mm -hmm. So to make sure that all your business kind of incomings and outgoings are maybe separate into different pots Mm -hmm. within your bank account, um, if you can manage that, Mm -hmm. just so that when you have to have a look and say, you know, what you've earned and what you've spent, it's very obvious. Um, I actually set up a separate bank account for my side hustles. So I would say maybe do that first, if you can, before you get started. It doesn't even need to be an official business account because that will come with fees and things, which Mm -hmm. you can research yourself. Um, But I just had a separate current account and it just meant that things weren't getting mixed up. Um, And it also just makes it really easy to see if you've made any profit. You sound super switched on. I mean, buying a (laughs) franchise at the age of 20... How did you come to that decision? Um, it was, I think, a little bit of luck, maybe, and just a little bit of perfect timing, honestly. I was working in a deli on Byers Road, mm-hmm. um, and it was kind of coming to the end of my time at university. I really didn't like the idea of just going to work in an office. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't suit me. Um, so I decided to just Google, <laughs> how do you buy a small business? <laughs> um, and honestly, I was surprised. They have websites where it's like buying a property, so the list of businesses, um, kind of basic information on them, but they were all obviously out of my price range because I was a student. Mm-hmm. Um, and the owner of the deli that I worked at approached me and said, listen, we're going to sell a franchise. We've seen how you work in the deli right now and we think you could do it. Are you interested? And I was so excited. Wow. Um, my mum was really nervous. I think she wanted me to get, you know, a standard nine to five job. And my dad was saying, just go for it. Oh, wow. I was a bit torn, but I did it, obviously. Um and it was great. A lot of learnings at that age. It sounds like you've got a lot of support from your family. You know, you mentioned your sister quite often. Like, how has your family supported you with your side hustles, would you say? Honestly, I think my mum supports me from the kind of business processes side of things. She likes to make sure that I'm up to date with bookkeeping and, <laughs> and all that, which is great. My dad is just like the ideas, <laughs> the creativity behind it. He, me and my dad, I think both kind of dream big and then winnow down when it comes to ideas. Um and my sister and my cousins and actually some of my friends have all worked for me in the past. Um, the first business that I had with the franchise, it's invaluable mm-hmm. having people on your team mm-hmm. that you can really, really trust and support you, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're making mistakes along the way, mm-hmm. you know, when you're learning. What would you say has been the biggest learning from any mistakes that you've been made? Because I'm of the belief that mistakes should be celebrated because that's how you learn. Oh, goodness, that is a good question. <laughs> I th- I don't know actually what my biggest learning would be. I think probably just working hard doesn't equal good results. I think work smart. Mm -hmm. So you don't need to work, you know, to make lots of money or to do a side hustle. You don't have to wake up at six in the morning and work right through to 10 o'clock at night. You can have a life. I think really, really utilising things like social media, Mm -hmm. which can be free to use Mm -hmm. to, you know, get your brand name out there and things like Mm -hmm. that. Um, It just means that, 
yeah, you might work a nine to five during the day, but I can maybe work on a side hustle for an hour at night. I can record a TikTok video for 10 minutes mm-hmm. and edit it and post it. And that's easy enough. Did you do any training in social media marketing? Because social media is a funny one, isn't it? Because I see some people doing really well on social media and then other people not doing so well, but it seems to be trial and error is the way to do it. Yes. I think because I have been doing this for a few years now, I think I've in no way mastered <laughs> social media. Um, I think I had different Instagram accounts. Some did better than others. Mm-hmm. I think when Instagram changed the algorithm, it meant that your posts weren't seen by everybody. So if you weren't constantly posting, if you dropped off for any reason, mm-hmm. you do sort of become just irrelevant and quiet to people. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm utilising TikTok. I'm very much still getting used to that not had any social media training um but I do think the the key point is just to stay consistent you have to keep posting to stay relevant and kind of keep your content Mm -hmm. you know top of the list of people's Mm -hmm. feeds basically let's talk about TikTok so tell us what you share on TikTok okay so um my kind of latest account I am doing a race to 10k is what I've called it okay so So, just to be clear that's not a 10k race no sorry it's a race to running 10,000 pounds definitely not running um no that would not be me so basically I've promised everybody I guess that watches the TikTok that I will start a business from scratch Mm -hmm. with them Mm -hmm. they're going to direct me on what we do so Mm -hmm. they've decided we're doing a Shopify store and we're going to do pet products um and I'm basically going to show them step by step everything that goes into setting that up along the way and then we're going to go live and I'm going to share with everybody how that's going and we're going to try and make £10,000 as quick as possible Mm -hmm. um and the aim is that people can just basically copy what I'm doing because I know there's lots and lots of advice out there I see people all the time saying you can buy online stores sort of half made Mm -hmm. but it doesn't really give people the knowledge and the insight on things like how to take payments Mm -hmm. um how to actually advertise the store once it exists um so yeah I just want to show them absolutely everything and allow people to to copy me basically wow and this is your overnight investors tiktok account that's right amazing how do you switch off when you finish your full-time role like honestly I don't think I ever do I think my sister especially is sick of me coming up with ideas sometimes <laughs> you know we'll be out walking the dog and things and I'll say oh I've just thought of an idea for a business what about we do this and nine times out of ten I don't actually go ahead with it because I don't have all the time in the day um but I just enjoy talking about it I think my sister and my husband would probably agree I'm always talking about business <laughs> ideas I don't ever really switch off but I don't think that's a bad thing and no I think it's brilliant and I think it's so generous of you to be able to share the insight you know the the do's and don'ts if you like Mm -hmm. of of how to set up a successful business so I'll be interested to see how that goes (laughs) thank you love it in terms of networking like how do you find customers I mean obviously social media is a massive tool to enable you to find customers but do you network around Glasgow like do you do you are you part of any women in business groups or anything like that do you know I'm actually not I would love to be part of women in business groups I think both my mum, my stepmom, my grand, even all the women in my family were super hardworking and successful in their own ways. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud of them. I definitely want to, to emulate that. However, whilst I have those amazing role models, I'm not part of any groups like that. I would mm-hmm. you know, love to hear about them. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of networking, really, I started 
my first side hustle with the selling on Instagram, it was more about word of mouth. Mm-hmm. I was feeling it out really slowly. And I began to just say to customers, you know, listen, if you do love your order when you get it, if you wouldn't mind either posting a picture or maybe just sharing it with your friends. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're selling things like clothing, mm-hmm. obviously people will comment and say, oh, you know, those are nice shoes. Where did you get them? And then yeah. people would say, and it just sort of snowballed from there. Yes. So so uh, that's a really good tip then. So basically, if you do have your own business, are we basically advising and encouraging people to leave a review? Certainly. I know that can be a double-edged sword because uh-huh. you know a lot of the time people only add a review if they really like something, they really don't like something uh-huh. and you can't really control it yeah. if for whatever reason something's gone wrong. It might not be your fault. It could be that the shipment was late, for example. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, generally I would say if you could ask people to kind of be your champions out there, then it definitely works. Just on that, so what would happen, What would you advise if someone you know left a negative comment on one of your accounts? Like, How would you tackle that? Would you ignore it? Would you delete it? Would you block it? what would you say? Yeah, so I think in the past, I would have just deleted it. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that. I would just say, oh, you know, because because I would always try and fix it. And mm-hmm. if it was without my control to fix it and they still did that, mm-hmm. I would just think, well, they're unreasonable. Uh-huh. Delete. Uh-huh. Actually, that's not really that helpful. Instead, I think the more publicity you get to your page, the better. Mm-hmm. So now, if someone writes something that, you know, they think's negative, I'll just comment back and just mm-hmm. say, oh, I'm really sorry about that. I've actually done this mm-hmm. to fix it. Mm-hmm. Let me know if you need anything else. Great. And then hopefully people see it and think, you know, (laughs) it's been sorted. Social media is a wonderful tool to enable small independent businesses, isn't it? One of the the accounts that I follow is Trini London. I don't buy her makeup products, but I just love how she uses the platform to listen to what people want. So Mm -hmm. if she's trialing out some products, she'll say, oh, I'm thinking about doing this and this. What do you think? And before you know it, you've got all this incredible market research. Yep. I do the exact same thing. Honestly, on Instagram, I used to go live and I would kind of unbox new products and I would just get everybody to tell me what they thought. Um, or I would run a poll. You, know, you can do those on uh-huh. Instagram as well. And just be let people to be brutally honest, just say, do you love it or do you hate uh-huh. it? I never just said, like, is it okay or is it not? Um, and yeah, that's really useful to kind of direct how you're going. Brilliant. Do any of your hobbies or things that you do in your spare time influence your business ideas? Um, do you know what? At the moment... <laughs> the only real hobby that I have time for, I guess, um, is horse riding. Okay. Um, so not really. I think I would love to set up a, a kind of equestrian clothing brand at some point in the future. I know things are moving towards being as ethical as, as possible. Mm-hmm. So I do think I need to put a little bit more research into that. Um, but otherwise, not so much. I try to keep that separate. How old are you now? Uh, 28. Oh, you've crammed so much into eight <laughs> years. I love it. Um, you've written a book. I have. I've written a book. Um, honestly, it's just more of a dropshipping guide. It was like a prequel to the TikTok page, you could mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Um, it just came off the back. I saw somebody selling a guide to setting up dropshipping mm-hmm. online and it was like £10. Okay. I bought it, I read it and I thought there's so many gaps here. It's such a swizz. Unless you had experienced dropshipping before, you're not going to find this useful. And I thought... I could do this, that's easy. So I, yeah, wrote the book, basically. Um, it was more of like a guide on dropshipping. And I had three real-life examples um, detailing where to find the products, how to do your research, how to actually sell them, and so on. Um, and, yeah, published on Amazon Bookstore, so that was cool. All right, I want to dig deeper about the, the book. But first of all, what is dropshipping? I have no idea. <laughs> okay, so dropshipping is basically rather than a standard shop set up where 
you would find your products, you would purchase them and have the stock physically Mm -hmm. and then selling them on. You don't ever have to physically have the stock. So if you wanted to order something from me, I would speak straight to my suppliers and they can send it directly from their warehouse or wherever they have it to you. Um, So that's how you can make money without having any outlay on your own. Because if I was selling something that was £50 Mm -hmm. and buying it for £30, you pay me the Mm £50, I pay them the £30 and then... Okay, it so it's, it's basically a virtual marketing place. Exactly. And yeah. your success is dependent on how you market that. Exactly. What's your take on influencers and fast fashion? Yeah, to be honest, um, I <laughs> would like to say I'm against it. I definitely have bought clothes recently, mm-hmm. maybe from shops that aren't super ethical, but I am doing my best Mm -hmm. to kind of make improvements and move away from that Mm -hmm. I know you mentioned that you like alter clothes and things and Mm -hmm. sell vintage clothes Mm -hmm. I'm trying to sort of focus more on that it does surprise me sometimes when I see influencers that I think they've been so successful and they'll openly use their platform to promote Mm -hmm. clothing brands that you know maybe pay people less than they should Mm -hmm. um clothes are just getting dumped and worn once I'm definitely not for that and I wouldn't advertise that have you ever engaged any influencers to promote any of your brands I have actually um only once um I think because I was kind of nervous about things growing organically I didn't want the influencer effect to kind of blast things out of control when Mm -hmm. I was younger but definitely when I had my first business um it was like a, a food takeaway place I had the food page from that and I reached out to um, a girl called Jelly Isabella. Mm-hmm. She's Glasgow-based. Um, her partner used to buy food from me. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I reached out to her and I basically said, listen, if we um, send you this box of, like, big fancy donuts, like, will mm-hmm. you post them? Mm-hmm. And she did. And the effect was instant. Really? It wow. was amazing. Yeah, wow. it really worked. So it does work? Yes, in my experience, yes. I've only done it once. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was obviously before things changed on Instagram mm-hmm. um I've not done it recently okay so let's go back to the book because that's really interesting so how did you go about publishing the book on Amazon can you talk us through step by step how you managed to do that yeah so actually it was the work of an afternoon really wow. um yeah so I had I think a week off between I'd finished up a job and I was starting a new job and I thought I'll just Google it and find out. <laughs> um, and yeah, I looked on Amazon. It's actually pretty easy. All you have to do is once you've got your book ready to go, um, I Googled how to convert it. It has to be in a certain format to be uploaded onto Amazon because they have to publish it so it's okay to go on a Kindle. Um, I downloaded a piece of computer software and then, honestly, it just, this is not very helpful, but basically just went on the Amazon website. It tells you, use a file converter and just click upload and I did that and all you have to do is set up art basically for the cover of the book Mm -hmm. um and that's it it doesn't take long at all it's a lot easier than you think gosh you make everything sound so effortless (laughs) and easy genuinely publishing a book (laughs) on Amazon was very easy it took me an afternoon okay brilliant congrats thank you I'm loving all your success (laughs) so tell us what's next um, at the moment, I'm really going to be focusing on the TikTok page. So mm-hmm. I think now that I've made some mistakes and learned from doing these other side hustles, I think I really want to reach as many people as I can mm-hmm. um, and help other people set up side hustles. So at the moment on the TikTok page, I'm asking people to tell me, what are you stuck with? What businesses do you want to see? Mm-hmm. I'm going to then copy that and 
post it on the TikTok page. And I'm hoping that eventually, maybe in a few months' time, when people have used my method, they can come back and show me. Uh-huh. Maybe the businesses they've set up. Yeah. That's that's kind of the end goal right now. So what about, would you ever consider, you know, like maybe setting up a business that's called the Side Hustle Guru and you just help and coach people to do side hustles full time? That's, that's actually what I want to do next. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. Um, I'm not sure exactly how I would do it but I know you mentioned if we're part of any groups women in business groups Uh and things I think eventually maybe don't feel like I have enough success behind me to warrant it but I would love to have a group set up where yeah we basically consult on businesses Mm -hmm. people can share ideas Mm -hmm. things like Mm -hmm. that I just I don't think I have enough outreach yet to do Mm -hmm. that collaboration is so important isn't it it's really important to surround yourself with people who lift you up but also challenge you and inspire you Um, in advance of you appearing on the podcast today we have had some questions so we're just going to wrap up with some final questions if that's okay so the first one is I work full-time in an office but I'd love to earn some extra spending money where do I start with setting up a business and will this affect my tax contributions (laughs) okay so I definitely don't claim to be a tax expert but yes it will I think any extra income that you make you should be paying tax on it Mm -hmm. Um, and I would definitely say just start keeping a record if you do make any money Mm -hmm. just make it easy for yourself where to start I would say probably think about what you want to do if you're going to be selling something kind of the easiest thing to do is is to sell something on social media so think about exactly what you want to sell Mm -hmm. research it you're very easy to use the internet now to find suppliers in all different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you can go the easiest route and it would be to buy things from China. It's maybe not the most ethical. So think about what type of business you want to be and just do your research. Super. Thank you very much for that one. Um, the next one is how difficult is it to make a side hustle a full-time job? Oh, That's a good question. I think probably not that hard. I've never actually tried to do any of my businesses on the side I think I probably I think I probably could have but I think if you were really consistent Mm -hmm. with your your posting on social media I think if you really do deliver what customers want and you are giving good products to people they'll keep coming back and your business will grow organically so I think if you stay consistent you can do it Great advice. Thank you for that. And the last one is, hi, Emma, I'm nervous about taking the plunge. Do I have to do any sort of business course before I set up my side hustle? Absolutely not. I would say genuinely the things I learned in university were not relevant (laughs) to real life. Uh Um, I think probably the best things to do will be to find other people on social media, um, maybe other shops and things like that, and just have a look at what they're doing. It's not it's not easy to copy. Just don't be nervous. Emma Thompson from Overnight Investors on TikTok. Thank you very much. Thank you. Fergus, what myths are you debunking today? Hello and welcome to another edition of Fuss Free Finances with me, Fergus Muirhead. As ever, I'm asking, how well do you understand financial jargon? As according to recent research, almost half of us have had money issues due to misunderstanding commonly used terms. Today's terms are soft and hard credit checks. In a recent survey, a significant 69% of people didn't know the meaning of a soft or hard credit check, but knowing the difference between them could have a real impact on your credit score and your finance options. If you're ever applying for a credit card or loan, it's important to know the difference between a soft and a hard check. 
Firstly, it's worth explaining what a credit check is in general terms. A credit check, also known as a credit search, is when a company looks at information from your credit report to understand your financial behaviour. They don't always need your consent to do this, but they must have a legitimate reason. For example, you applied for a loan with them. There are two types of credit check, a soft credit check or soft search and a hard credit check or a hard search. As part of a credit check, companies may look at whether you've paid back your credit on time, how much credit you currently have and how you're managing it. They may also look at any financial associations you may have, such as someone you share a bank account or mortgage with and what their credit history is. So what's a soft credit check? A soft credit check is when a lender briefly checks your credit file to decide if you're likely to pay them back and if they should lend to you. It doesn't have an impact on your credit score and shouldn't have an impact on any future applications. A hard check, on the other hand, is when a lender does a complete review of your credit file. Each hard check is recorded on your credit file so that other companies can see that there's been a hard search. Having a lot of hard credit checks in a short space of time can have an impact on your credit score, which could make it harder to get credit or loans in the future. Heather, back to you. John, tell us about your best ever investment. In all honesty, I'm pretty terrible at saving up. But one investment I do remember making in kind of recent years was when I bought myself my first camera. Um, I was close at photography and I didn't really know much about cameras either. I was doing my blog as a hobby, this was probably about eight years ago, and I realised that to elevate what I was doing and to elevate my content, I was going to have to learn. So I saved up um, and I found the camera that I thought I wanted. It was an Olympus OMD camera. Um, The images looked pretty sharp, it seemed pretty straightforward to use, and it looked the part as well. It was a digital camera, but it was designed in the format of an old film one. Um, and to be honest it became a bit of a talking point everywhere I go and every time I, I use the camera at events people would always ask me about it especially people who are into photography um, they would know someone who had an older version of similar or they would you know, want to know if it was a film, film camera um, it became a bit of a comfort blanket and it made me feel the part to be honest if I was going to an event or um, any kind of work meeting and I had that with me it made me feel a wee bit more professional Um, I definitely think it was an integral part in making my my hobby which it was then um, into my full time job as it is now Follow and subscribe to the Finances Made Friendly podcast today to make sure you never miss an episode Thanks for joining me Heather Sutty on this week's episode Please note that the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature and shouldn't be construed as financial advice